Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mental Health University. This is episode three of the spring semester 2022. We're a few weeks into the semester and we thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about self-motivation. At this time of the year, it really starts to affect students, much like it does other people who have tried to maintain New Year resolutions and start to fall back into old patterns of behavior after four to six weeks of setting goals, same things happens with, with students. So we wanna talk about those uh, challenging moments and, and what to do about them, um, what strategies you can utilize to maintain uh, motivation over the course of a 16 week semester and how to maintain that success mindset by seeing the real big picture, especially with classes that you feel like aren't relevant to your major or just irrelevant altogether. Maybe the professor isn't so hot either. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast so you get notified every week of forthcoming episodes. And uh, enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mental Health University. This is episode three. I'm here with my intern and co-host, Libby. How's it going? doing great how are you good i'm good um realizing you know we're you know rolling through a semester here and uh i know last week we talked a lot about uh depression and about friends and all that stuff and this kind of segues real nicely into it especially this time of year where you know we want to talk a little bit about um motivation and and self-motivation and i know that at this point of the semester it can become a little bit challenging yeah, we're about four weeks in, five weeks in for some schools. We're past the syllabus and all of the intro stuff, and you actually have to do some work. So it's getting tough, and motivation is an important topic that a lot of college students struggle with on a daily basis. So it's it's a good one to jump into. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's really parallels something that I think challenges a lot of people, and it's not just college students, but just, you know, adults, parents, people in general, really. And that is that, you know, we're in through mid-February, and this is the time of year where for anyone who has made New Year resolutions start to fall back into old patterns of behavior. It's a, it can be a very frustrating experience for people, and it certainly gives rise to the conversation about how to maintain motivation over time and, and what that takes. So, you know, as a college student, Libby, you know, a couple or, you know, for you guys, it's what, three, four weeks into the semester. And, and no matter what part of this spring semester students are at, every it affects everybody, really. And in different ways, I imagine. Yeah, it does. From the regular student to an athlete to a grad student who's maybe going through tougher courses, you know, every student is in a different part of their college career, but motivation affects everybody differently. Maybe for the freshmen, they're still getting acclimated, but for the grad student, they're just ready to be done. It's a tough thing to kind of work through, especially at this point in the semester. You know, you have so much left, but you got to keep going. Yeah. So, and I, I honestly, like, I remember being at LaSalle and my first year there was nothing short of a nightmare, academically, nightmare. And I remember coming home like winter break and 
telling my mom, like, I promise I'll never get such a horrific grade point average again. I'm going to do things differently in the spring. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to study four hours a day. I'm going to go to the library every day for three hours, even on weekends. And maybe I did that for the first week of the semester, maybe the second week. But then after that, again, fell back into old patterns. It's really hard to sustain that, you know? So at this point of the semester, even with those good intentions, right? And I know like, you know, we went to college very different decades, but self-motivation is, it, it really remains the same concept. You know, how do we continue to motivate ourselves? And um, it's a big question. It's also one of the core um, five emotional intelligence skills. So it's, it's quite significant. And it's one of those things that you and me and everybody else will never get a grade on. It will remain important not only to you now, but even me, you know, who graduated in 1992. I mean, decades later, it still remains an important skill. Yeah. Going through college, I've said it before, it's the first time a lot of people are living by themselves and motivation becomes a key factor. You're motivating yourself every day. Your parents aren't getting you up for school. Like, they used to um, when you were, you know, in grade school or high school. And as you said, it does lead into your adult life. So finding out how does working through lack of motivation, how can you get through that personally? Because everybody is different. But if you learn it now, it'll help you later in life. So without putting you on the spot, I'll throw it out there. I'm, I'm thinking back and one of the things that for me would lead, I'm, I'm trying to put myself back in the mindset of like a college student, right? And this applies to like high school students. My kid's 12. It applies to a sixth grader as well. Like, all right, so I'm in this mindset and I'm like, all right, why, why am I not motivated? Even though at the beginning, a few weeks ago, like I, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this differently. And, I'm, and here's my plan and I'm going to try to follow through with this plan. Well, okay, for me, one of the reasons was it was so easy for me to point a finger at a bad professor. Professor sucks. I ain't going to do the work. I'm assuming that still happens. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) everybody has a different type of professor that they like. Um, And I feel like, especially at LaSalle, maybe at a bigger school, this isn't the case, but... You know, I'm a communication student, so I've taken the same professor multiple times just because the department's so small. So if you end up with the same professor you don't like semester after semester, you're already going into that class with a bad attitude. Right. Not that that's ever happened to you. No, no, never. Never. I love all my professors. Of course you do. That's That's a very, very... Honest and an appropriate statement, right? Yes. Go, go LaSalle Communications. Exactly. But, you know, here's the thing. You brought up bigger schools. You know, I talk to kids from all over the country. And at bigger schools, sometimes they get blown out of the water by the expectation that they're going to have this professor at, say, a school like the University of Michigan or, you know, uh, Wisconsin or some humongous school like that. And the next thing you know, they're being taught by the teaching assistants. Yeah. So for them, it's a kind of a surprise too, and they may wind up with instructors 
who have never taught before. Um, so that can certainly uh, challenge one's ability to motivate themselves throughout a 16-week semester, remember. Um, so the, the bad professor part, right? Uh, so that's, that's certainly one indicator or excuse. Another one is like a lot of uh, people that I talk to f might find that the topics in a course are irrelevant to them. Yep. I mean, every school you have to take your gen ed courses that have nothing to do with your major that you're never going to need ever again. Um, like my math classes, never been good at math. I had to take one, hated it <laughs> just because I don't like the subject. And I was thinking to myself, why am I in this? You got to do it to graduate, but it's very hard to motivate yourself to get through the class when you know this is the only semester I'm ever going to use this. Yeah, so, okay, so the combination, bad professors, possibly, irrelevant topics, not major related. Now, the risk becomes when a, when a student starts to pose questions like, well, what's the point or why bother? If students start to entertain those questions, we have a potential problem with motivation. Anytime that we do not find value in a task, we're going to be challenged. Yeah, I think it's easy, especially if you're in a class with friends, to say, oh, this class is stupid, there's no point in doing it, this isn't, you know, something we're going to use again, and you kind of team up to make it not matter. That's a great point, actually. So if you're if you're in class with friends or even one friend, you can commiserate and say, like, OK, look, this is horrible. Um, but even if one of you says, yes, it's horrible, but we want to go to grad school or we got to do really well in this class or let's just it's like having it's having an accountability partner when you train or when you go to the gym or you know, uh, go to practice. You know, I imagine that as an athlete, uh, not that you're ever not motivated <laughs> in your sport, um, but to train and, and do all that stuff, I'm sure it comes up for athletes. Yeah, there's days that it's harder to go to practice than others because it's cold outside or you're exhausted and your teammates are the people that get you to go out there. Yeah, you know, I have friends that... I, talk to a lot about this um like twice a week during the week i go to a hot yoga class that starts at 6 a.m that sounds and fun it's february it's freaking cold at 5 45 in the morning and dark and the last thing i want to do is get out of bed and go to a hot yoga class uh but what is it that makes us go right what's what's the value that we ultimately place on it um it's so easy as a student to say like this i don't find any value in going to this class i don't like this professor so i'm just not going to go yeah and i mean i i i unfortunately you know, and admittedly, though, uh, I did that countless times in college. 
Um, the, the fallout though, it really has everything to do with me and not so much to do with the professor because they're going to do their job and they're going to give the grade they're going to give. So how do we summon it up? You know, how do we summon it up amid those challenges, amid those questions of like, what's the point? Why bother? Why am I going? This is meaningless. I'm never going to use this in my career and, and a litany of other, you know, excuses. As a student athlete, like, is there anything that, that you do that, that kind of helps push you through any of those moments if they were to ever happen? Yeah, I always, not even with golf, but with classes, I tell myself, well, how am I going to feel at the end of this if I get an A? My math class, I got an A because I was just looking at the finish line. So if it's a round of golf, if it's a class, what is that feeling going to be like when you succeed? Even though you didn't really want to do it, you did it anyway, and it feels so much better when it's over. I would have beat myself up if I would have failed the class or gotten a bad grade, but I pushed through it because I knew I'd be proud of myself if, if I got it done. So, so you really, you're describing something that's, that's so critical uh, for, for college kids to, to uh, evolve into, really, and that's a success mindset. You know, whatever challenge is in front of you, especially one that resonates in the form of like, you know, this is meaningless. Well, how do I, in the midst of that, push through and remain proactive in a success mindset anyway and and whether you're a student student athlete whatever like that that's critical and if you play it out you know five ten years from now not that i'm rushing time along with at all but we're all going to be faced with that professionally as well yeah there's going to be some tasks that we're supposed to do, told to do, et cetera, sit through that we just have zero interest in doing, nor do we really value. Uh, so that becomes really, really significant. Um, and it sounds like for you, you know, it shows it could show up not only as a, as a student, but also in your sport as well. Absolutely. So like, our, for example, like are there certain times of, of year that you prefer to play golf where it's easy for you to go to the range or train or do whatever it is that you need to do yeah when we get into competition season and we've got conference championships coming up there's no question you go practice as much as you can before the tournament and at that point everybody's working so hard together that it's easy to get in the car and go to practice maybe this time of year we're starting up practice again it's freezing cold it just snowed yesterday we don't want to go to the golf course but you have to because you got to get ready for the season but it's a lot harder to do it now than it would be close to a tournament season and i think that has a lot to do with the academic year as well, you're going to be a little bit more motivated to study if you have a big test coming up or finals than you are some random mid-semester test in the middle, like a month into school. That's, those are great examples. And, you know, it makes me wonder too about 
Well, in terms of setting ourselves up for that success mindset in relation to, to class, right? And in, in relation to maintaining mo academic motivation, what are some like little simple things we can key on that helps a student maintain that motivation? You know, like we think big picture, like in sports, we think like, well, conference championships, you know, but when it comes to like the, the gritty work that you're doing now in the cold, like, are, are you thinking big picture now? I think you have to. to. That's what I do, at least. All of this is going to help me get to being where I want. And with academically, it's the same thing. If I'm paying attention during class and working hard now doing the little assignments that maybe aren't for a grade but the teacher gives you to just help you along it's going to be so much easier to pass that test because you already know what's going on if you miss one class two classes it spirals and you're lost and then when you're studying for your test you don't have the notes you don't know what the professor's trying to ask on your test and especially when you get to midterms or finals it's a disaster at that point. Yeah, so that becomes sort of like the big picture, right? You yeah. know, how, how, how in week three or four am I really preparing for week 16? Yeah. Okay, so, and then that really kind of lends into the idea or, or the, the motivation toward maintaining habits. Habits that we've started, goals that we've, that we've already set. So you also introduced this idea too, though, of, uh, you know, as it pertains to like golf, like, you know, if you could, if you could go to practice now in the winter, look, I, it, as a golfer and you know, this much better than I do, but like, as a golfer, like hitting golf balls in cold weather sucks. Um, I hate it. I do it. Uh, but I, I don't like it. And especially like <laughs> if you miss hit that ball, <laughs> it hurts. Oh, it hurts like hell. <laughs> right. Right. But we, you know, we keep doing it and it's 30 degrees out or 25 degrees out and it's windy. Ugh, horrible. Um, right. So how do we think, how do we think big picture? Right. You know, you're thinking like, okay, but when we're in season, it's going to be warmer and you know, the conference championships, et cetera, like, great so how do we apply that to academic work right what set of skills can we pull out of a course experience that's not ideal that is tapping our ability to motivate ourselves well you know i always like to think that that idea that you that you introduced about big picture thinking can come into play here because the skills that you learn in college go well beyond this course that you hate so if we think about the example that you and i brought up about you know having that professor wouldn't it be helpful to say okay i don't particularly feel inspired by this professor. So how do I challenge myself to actually work harder for them? How do I take the time to um, actually get to know them and spend time with them? 
which might, as a student, I'm sure sound like a really foreign concept. Yeah, it is. But I've always liked going to smaller schools for that connection with your professors. You get to know them a little bit better. But I always tell my friends if they're struggling, email your teacher and go talk to them. Even if it's a Zoom meeting, go say, hey, I'm confused or I need extra help. And they're going to be inclined to give you the better grade, give you the benefit of the doubt because they know that you're trying. Even if you don't like the class at all, make a connection with that professor and try and they're going to see that. that. That's a great suggestion. And I'll tell you, honestly, one of the top three to five takeaways that I got from going to college was the relationships that I built with professors. And sometimes along that line, if you sit down and have a conversation with a professor in that class that you don't like or have no interest in, and maybe you connect on something, who knows what it might be? It could be some kind of mutual interest or maybe it come from the same town or something like that, whatever it is. Well, that changes the relationship and then potentially changes your motivation. Because you may want to work harder for that person. Yeah. I think with the more you get to know them, maybe they're not as awful as you thought. And it's a great point. Just find something in common or something to work towards. And again, they're going to see that you're trying and want to make a connection with them. Yeah. Even if you ask the question of like, you know, I, you know I'm just kind of curious. And, and make it not about the grade. Most importantly, it's it's about... Make it about like the personal connection. So that's the takeaway. And it becomes, you know, um, what, what, what made you get into economics or math or whatever it is? Just ask that question and, and allow that professor to tell their story. And it, you never know where that dialogue might lead. Uh, it's not to say that you change your major to math or to economics, but it might introduce you to something um, that could be potentially very valuable to you. So that's one way to think beyond the class, beyond the content and big picture. You know, another thing is, you know, if I'm not motivated to do something uh, or towards something, there's a, there's a greater chance that I'm going to, I'm going to half-ass it a little bit. Like I might be late for class, I might be late to turn things in. Actually, the time management then becomes a really valuable skill to actually focus on. That becomes a takeaway. Okay, in the midst of this really challenging experience where I'm not feeling inspired and I'm not feeling motivated, I'm still going to be on time and I'm going to practice that. That's going to be my takeaway. Which, again, is another huge skill. It is. It's easy to be late, (laughs) go get a cup of coffee before you go to a class that you don't like. Even if it's not something you're enjoying, get one thing out of it. If it's time management, if it's I'm going to try to improve my writing in this class, if it's an English class, or pull something into it that has some benefit to you that you could use later in life. Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's a great it's, it's awesome because it leads right into that third point 
okay, this is a challenging moment where I'm not feeling motivated, not feeling inspired. In all likelihood, that's going to happen again at some point in my life professionally, somewhere, somehow. I'm either going to work for someone who's not inspiring to me or I'm going to, I'm going to have to do tasks to get to where I want to get to in life that I'm not going to be enjoying. How do I push through that? Well, well this in college, this class is great practice for that. Add that to the list. You hear from adults all the time at our age. If you complain about something, they say, oh, well, that happens when you're an adult. You're going to have to work with people you don't like and you just brush it off. But it is something to think about that you're probably going through that right now and you're still working through it. Yeah. And I mean, why would you all ever listen to us, right? I don't know. (laughs) That would be just crazy. Yeah, it'd be just crazy. Um, uh, but no, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think that, you know, collectively, you know, all of those, those, those skills are examples of things that, that help us to start to elevate value to tasks that we don't enjoy. Right. And, and, and things that we don't feel like we're going to get anything out of when we're able to identify them and dig a little bit deeper. It's kind of like, OK, this is what I'm going to get out of this class. Time management, organization, punctuality, um, self-advocacy, assertiveness, communication, etc. I mean, you go down the list. And when we start to value those things it often moves that motivation dial. The other thing that you, you uh, identify too that you can also add to the list is look, I mean, when we walk into classes and we start to feel that, it doesn't feel very good and we're very likely to talk about it with people, with our friends. I don't know about you, but I don't know if one of my friends or me didn't like a professor or a class, we'd let each other know about it very quickly. Yeah, that still happens. <laughs> okay, good. Um, um, it's good to know. Now, but for you all, it's different. You know, we didn't have Rate My Professor back then. We certainly didn't have social media back then. So then it also becomes a, and this is a monster skill. This is a skill about frustration tolerance and really being thoughtful regarding social media. Because the last thing that we would want to do, I'm sure, is to potentially sabotage ourselves by posting something pretty negative about this professor or about this course. Yeah. I think what leads to some of that is, at the end of the day, college students are pretty selfish. Like, if it doesn't benefit me, I don't want to do it. And so I'm going to rant about it to my friends. Even if you don't post it on social media, word gets around a campus pretty quickly. So it's what you're saying. Don't sabotage your own personal life, but find something about it that can benefit you. Be selfish, but find something that is going to help you because just ranting and being mad about it isn't going to help 
a single person and it's just going to make you more upset. It really is. And just to piggyback along that is um, that idea that selfishness aspect of it, you know, totally on point. It, it's just that the, the benefit just might not be immediate. You know, and I think the important thing is to recognize the benefit down the line. Yeah. And and to struggle through a class and to push through uh, to think about the benefits of struggle. To think about the benefits of learning how to self-motivate. Those are that's massive. I can remember so many things that I learned just life lessons in high school that I didn't realize until now. You don't really realize that you're learning something until later in your life when you use it. Is there one thing in particular that kind of stands out? I would say it's the independent factor of school and the whole motivation. You learn a little bit more about it in high school, but then when you go to college, it's a whole different ballgame. But piecing together some of you know the work ethic and you're involved in more things in high school and all of that like time management and keeping yourself motivated and all of the hours that you're going to school in high school it it can translate to college and i think i really realized that once i got here yeah it's so true and you 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 identified this earlier just about that that whole notion of like you know when you're high school for, well, for 12 years, effectively, uh, up until the point you go to college, like you have people in your life that are in some way, shape or form helping to motivate you on a daily basis. Yeah. Teachers, parents, coaches, uh, etc., and advisors, and then they all go away when you set foot on a college campus. Now all the motivation falls on you. And if you're an athlete, maybe there's some benefit to that, actually, because you're still accountable to show up for training, show up for uh, study halls, show up for practices, you know. So I think in some ways, athletes have a bit of an advantage. I think so, just because there's more eyes on you all the time. And all of this all comes back to our first episode, too, talking about the accountability partner. And you mentioned it earlier for people who aren't athletes or don't have a big team like we only have six girls on our team so there's not as many eyes as like a basketball team would have but mm-hmm. find those people that you do trust and if it's a professor maybe even better have them help you along and keep you on track even if it you know in that class that you're not enjoying make a connection with the professor or with another classmate that maybe you haven't met before who knows something about the class so they can keep you on track and hold you accountable and keep you motivated. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, I'm glad we're doing this episode now in early in the spring semester because the bottom line is that the far majority of students will wait to ask that professor for help. They'll wait till April or May. And, and look, they're not professors aren't stupid. When students start rolling in in late April or early May asking for help and haven't been to class and all that, they're in crisis. They're saying, uh-oh, my parents are going to find out that, you know, I've done horrible or I'm, I'm in jeopardy of failing. What can I do? So go, so please rescue me. 
And so to be proactive, do it now, you know, um, schedule those uh, for uh, an office hour now, get to know those professors now. And, and even the ones who you don't feel motivated by, as strangely as that may sound, can be incredibly helpful. They can. If you're working towards that end goal that we were talking about, if you, like you said, aren't going to class now, already aren't understanding a concept that a professor is talking about, and you wait, your motivation is going to be less and less as the semester goes on because you're stressed about it. You know you don't understand what's happening, but it's too late. So even if just send one email to one professor now and schedule one meeting because you're going to feel a lot better about it the next day or the next class when you understand what's going on and you've made that connection. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was just thinking back to the, the examples about, you know, um, near resolutions. And, and I think I really think the whole gym fitness resolution area is such a great example um, to kind of pull from and, and it really parallels things academically. So, you know, and I've been doing this work for years with people on resolutions and, and maintaining changes, which is, is really, really quite difficult. And I'm sure you know this as an athlete, like if you do the same workout every day or multiple times a week over a period of time and don't change it, when it, what ends up happening? You get tired of it. Right. We get tired of it. We get bored. And at some point, we plateau. So mix it up. That's what keeps it interesting. That become, that's the value of having a trainer in your life or a coach in your life. Because they'll help you keep it interesting. You can do the same thing academically. So if your approach is part of it, and you're bored or you're not feeling motivated or inspired, change up your context. Change up the time that you study. Do it in intervals. If you're used to sitting for three hours, sit for half hour periods, take a break, come back a half hour, but shake things up. Yeah, I think changing environment is a big one. I know I always struggle to study when I'm just in my room, but going to the library, going to a different room in the library going outside when it's warm changing your environment really helps you stay motivated and get more done i find absolutely and, and lastly i would just suggest that if to be very mindful and, and careful of any kind of conversations that students have with other students with friends or whatever if those friends are really negative and are devaluing the course and the work to be really, really careful of that. Because then it's so easy to feel like you're validated and to kind of fall into, well, I'm not going to do it then. Yeah. You know, if they didn't like it or if they hated it or if they failed, it make it, don't, don't allow that kind of talk to, to dictate the approach that you take to the course. Exactly. Again, at a small school, a word gets around really quickly about, oh, I didn't like this class or this professor, this concept. When you walk into the classroom, if it has that negative connotation around it, you can just feel it 
in the room that nobody's excited to be there. But if you're changing the way you're approaching it, you can be different. You don't have to, you know, stick in with that crowd and hate the class the whole semester because at that point, you're not doing any good for yourself and you're just miserable. That's so true. So in that scenario, right, then 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 we go, then we go big, right? In that scenario, if you're finding like, oh my God, I got to sit through this, then the challenge becomes, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually, before every lecture, going to prepare one to two pretty good questions that I'm going to ask the professor in a class that I would otherwise sit in the back of the room, say nothing. But I'm going to flip that and I'm going to become really proactive here, which adds to another skill, learning and developing the ability to ask good questions. And it could be really simple. That concept that you talked about last week, could you apply that to this type of situation and give us an example on that? It's really quite easy, but what you've actually done is you've changed your approach to the class. And who knows, that might flip the switch on your motivation to the class. You might find value in that, bigger than the content. Think bigger than the content. Actively participating is a way to keep yourself motivated and engaged in a class because the teacher's going to look to you to answer questions or um, give examples because they know that you're participating and that keeps you listening. You don't want to get caught not paying attention and get called on. You're right. And you know what? For anybody out there who listens to this, all, you know, three million of you, um, <laughs> if, if you hesitate to ask a question because you feel like it's a stupid question, um, just remind yourself that you're at college to develop. And in a classroom, it's a really great place to practice. So ask the questions. Get comfortable asking questions. Don't worry right now about whether or not you think it's dumb or somebody else might think it's dumb. Don't worry about that practice asking questions and get more comfortable with it. Grade yourself on that. So this kind of dovetails into an upcoming uh, conversation that Libby and I are going to have because uh, we're recognizing and she brought up uh, pre-recording about the timing of the semester and rolling into uh, midterms and things like that. So we want to definitely take the time to do an episode on test anxiety, um, which also kind of dovetails into other areas of anxiety, uh, performance anxiety, sports, theater, it, you know, it all really relates actually. So we look forward to that. Um, Libby, thanks a lot for, for joining us today and for co-hosting. Yeah, thanks for having me and for a great, another great conversation. Yeah, so we look forward to connecting with you all soon. Take care, stay healthy, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.